Super Talk Mississippi media production. So this week on our spring wraparound, you know, two programs Mississippi State will not be playing this year, but I feel like these are two very intriguing teams in the SEC, and we're going to start with the defending that the two-time defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Jordan Hill from Dogs Twenty Four Seven joins us. My, my thought is this: that you know, this is a quarterback battle to replace a guy who might be the most underrated college football player of all time. I mean, if I said name the greatest college quarterback of all time, I don't think anybody would say Stetson Bennett in the first five, six names, but he's a guy with two national titles and great numbers. That's a heck of a legacy to try to, 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 to step into for some young guys. What are the early returns on the, on the quarterback battle at Georgia? You know, it's been two guys that have really put themselves forward, and it's the two most experienced guys. It's Carson Beck, who is going to be a junior in 2023, and it's Brock Vandegrift, who is a redshirt sophomore. Um, You know, it's a situation with these two guys um, where I think it's a battle that's going to go into the fall, and and I don't think that's necessarily a surprise. You know, Carson Beck was the number two behind Stetson during the 2022 season. He played, I believe, in five games. He kind of came in mop-up duty and played pretty well. Well, even though those games were out of reach. Uh, and then you have Brock Vandegrift, who is a little bit younger than Carson and is a guy that um, has had to bide his time. I mean, he has yet to complete a pass at Georgia, and he's only had maybe five or six attempts in his time. But both have performed really well uh, based on everything we've heard and also what the coaches have told us, what their teammates have said. They have stepped up to the challenge. And, you know, I think a lot of people had questions of, if this sort of this battle had reset itself with Todd Munkin leaving, Mike Bobo stepping up as the offensive coordinator, you know, it still seems like Carson Beck, who, like I said, is the older guy, sort of has the edge, but that anything can happen. And I think we're going to learn a lot uh, on April 15th when Georgia plays its G Day scrimmage, uh, just how those guys handle it, how they handle fans watching them uh, playing in Sanford Stadium. Uh, I think it's a battle that has not been decided. I don't think it'll be decided at G-Day, and I think it's one that very well could go into the actual season. What is the offense going to look like now with that change from Munkin to Bobo? You know, Bobo's name was thrown around over here uh, for for a few minutes as a potential offensive coordinator candidate. That ended up not – I don't even know if that was true or not, to be honest with you, at any point. But then he gets the Georgia job. That's a job he's got a lot of familiarity with. But, you know, from a different time when college football offenses, quite frankly, were a little bit different. Does does he fit into what Georgia wants to do offensively in 2023? Well, yeah, Brian, there was a lot of legitimate uh, chatter about Mike Bobo potentially going to Starkville. And, you know, I think he decided he was going to save the course at Georgia. And it worked out for him with Todd Munkin deciding to go to the NFL. And there have been smoke around Todd going really for that entire playoff run for Georgia this past one. So, yeah, the the question is, what is this offense going to look like? Uh, No surprise, Kirby Smart was asked about that uh, going uh, just right after Georgia's second scrimmage uh, of the spring. And he really downplayed it and said, look, you know, we're really more looking at uh, which players can help us and we can kind of make the identity and kind of find the personality of this offense. And, you know, since Mike Bobo was hired, I would say that the response from fans is kind of lukewarm. You know, he was a guy that had the position for eight years from 07 to 14 when Mark Rick was the head coach. And they had a lot of success, but I think a lot of people uh, hold some of the failures along the way against Mike Bobo. And some of that, I think, is not exactly fair. Uh, But I think the thing that people are so worried about on the Georgia side, the fans that worry about Mike Bobo, is the fact that, uh, you know, they feel like he's going to change things. 
And I think there were changes coming, even if Todd Munkin had come back. You lose Stetson Bennett, you lose several playmakers, a guy like A.D. Mitchell, you lose Darnell Washington, who is just a freak. I mean, you talk about unicorns in football, and he's one of them. His size and his ability to move uh, is just absurd. So, you know, I think had Todd even stayed, you were looking at a situation where last year Georgia ran so many two tight end sets to get – uh, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington on the field at the same time. Uh, now Darnell's gone. They've still got talent behind Brock at tight end. But now you've got a really, really deep wide receiver room. That includes Rara Thomas, a guy that Mich- uh, that uh, Mississippi State fans know well. Um, you know, I think that's a situation where you're going to see more of those three wide receiver sets, maybe even see four, you know, go four or five uh, receivers out there because they have – a very deep room now and an offense that I think uh, they look at specifically with the wide receivers, uh, guys that can get downfield and make plays. So, uh, you know, Mike Bobo had really made a name for himself as a coordinator and he followed this uh, after he was at Georgia the first time with being willing to run the ball, um, you know, go, uh, uh, north to south, running hard. And I think there will be um, some opportunities for that with Georgia's backfield. Uh, but I think that they understand they really have some playmakers out wide. And uh, as successful as last year's offense was, they still didn't hit the program points per game record, which was set in 2014, the last time Mike Bobo was the offensive coordinator. So I think uh, there's still a lot of questions about what this offense should look like, but uh, I think that there's a potential for it to look a little bit different, but that uh, different will not necessarily be a bad thing. You kind of hit on my next question there. Obviously, this being a Mississippi State podcast, Ra Ra Thomas is a name of interest to Mississippi State fans. Off the field issues this winter, but seems to have that seems to have gone away, and and, and the Chargers have been dropped there. And now I know he's competing in spring practice. What's what's his role going to look like for Georgia this fall? Yeah, he uh, like you mentioned, Brian. He had handled the situation and and worked with authorities to uh, drop those charges. So it seems like as far as that goes. Um, you know, he's been full go in spring ball. I'll be curious once we get into the season if there's still a suspension, maybe a couple game suspension. Um, so we still don't know on that front. But from what he's done during spring ball, I think he's lived up to the hype. I think he's a guy that I think early on he and, and really too Dominic Lovett, who is another receiver transfer they got, uh, Dominic from Missouri. I think their hits were kind of spinning early on because of what's expected of the receivers, the things. Georgia expects their guys to know, and uh, I think it kind of took Rara a little bit of time to get up to speed. But based on what we've been hearing lately, he's been living up to the hype and the expectation of when he uh, committed to Georgia. A lot of people thought, okay, this is probably our number one X receiver, and I think he's performing very much like you would expect. And uh, after the first scrimmage of spring, Kirby Smart told us, um, you know, that he liked what he saw in Rara and said that his ability to make plays downfield, it sounds like kind of surprised the coaching staff with just his ability to do so. Uh, so I think he's going to play a really big role. I would expect by the time we get to the fall uh, that he will be a starter and will be a guy that's counted on to do a lot. And, and again, you know, I think he will eventually, you know, to start the year probably miss some time, how much it's hard to say. Um, but I think as far as uh, playing wise, he set himself up well. And I think he could be one of those guys when the Georgia scrimmage is said and done uh, on April 15th uh, that uh, fans could really be talking a good bit about Rara. When you play at the level Georgia does, you know, year in, year out, you're going to be replacing stars. That's just part of the of the game for the elite 
uh, teams. Other than Stetson Bennett, who's the biggest name Georgia has to replace starting in this spring? I think it's Jalen Carter. You know, it's a guy that I think could have been one of the top picks and probably will still be a top 10 pick when it's said and done. Um, And then some of the off the field issues, the car accident he was involved in on January 15th, it seems like has um, affected his draft stock, but still just a a very impressive player. You know, he played uh, essentially on one foot last year. He had an ankle injury that he played through and down the stretch. I mean, he was just unblockable and they've got to find a way to fill that production, even if it takes two, three guys to do it uh, because he was so helpful. And, uh, you know, something that Georgia, even as much success as they had last year, something they kind of called a little flack for was their inability to get sacks. And, uh, you know, the the thing that Kirby kept going back to when he was asked about the lack of sacks was, you know, creating havoc, at least getting back there and pressure in uh, the opposing quarterback. And Jalen did that quite a bit. And uh, Kirby was asked about the defensive line, those defensive tackles this year. And, Uh, He didn't downplay losing Jalen Carter because it would be foolish to do so because he's a very, very talented defensive lineman. But he said he really feels good that they may have more depth at that position compared to where they were a year ago just because some of the guys that have been coming along. uh, Bear Alexander, I think, is going to wind up starting in that position that Jalen played last year. Uh, Bear was a very, very highly recruited uh, player in the 2022 class, and he came on when he got to play down the stretch of that 2022 season. I think he's got a chance to be a household name by the time it's said and done. Uh, they got other guys, veterans like Nazir Stackhouse, who started at that nose tackle position. I would expect him to do that again uh, this year. Uh, Zion Logue is another senior, Warren Brinson. Uh, they've got a lot of experience. If I had to guess, the guy is probably going to be Bear Alexander lined up beside Nazir Stackhouse. Uh, but it's asking a lot to replace somebody as talented as Jalen Carter was, uh, a guy who, even when he was not playing 100%, uh, just wreaked havoc on opposing offensive lines. Uh, it's probably not going to come easy, but they've definitely still got talent on that defensive line, and I think eventually they're going to have the guys step up who can help this defensive line uh, be as productive as it has been in the past few years. When you recruit like Georgia does, you know there's always going to be an impact five-star freshman. There's going to be some freshman in that class who comes in day one and is just just that elite player. Who is it this year for Georgia? I'll give you a couple names, guys, we've heard a lot about. And starting on offense, I would go with a four-star and Lawson Lucky, a tight end. You know, Georgia's tight end room was so deep last year, and Mississippi State fans uh, are probably excited about some of the changes with Rylan Goaty coming over mm-hmm. to Starkville, very talented guy that frankly just had trouble seeing the field because of the talent in that room. Uh, Georgia lost three tight ends to the portal from the 2022 team. They reloaded with two four-stars, and one of them was Lawson Lucky. And there may not be a guy, Brian, that we've heard more about this spring than Lawson Lucky. He's a guy that was one of the – Uh, Players, Georgia had nine signees in the 2023 class who enrolled in December, was able to go through bowl practices. And uh, it sounds like Lawson really made the most of that time and has been turning heads this spring. The very first scrimmage they had, he called a couple touchdowns. I think he's a guy, even with uh, Brock Bowers in front of him, who, you know, we all know what Brock Bowers is, and he'll have a chance to go win the Mackey Award for a second year. And uh, Oscar Delp, a sophomore in front of him. I think Lawson Lucky could find his way on the field sooner rather than later. 
And then on defense, C.J. Allen, who's an inside linebacker, sort of a similar situation with Lawson Lucky. Uh, they are very deep at inside linebacker. They bring back Smile Munden and Jamon Dumas Johnson both. Uh, but C.J. Allen's a guy that's a true freshman that, uh, much like Lawson, came in in December and just really impressed. You know, at the end uh, of the, you know, after the national championship game, you know, 65-7 victory for Georgia. And before Kirby Smart leaves the post-game press conference, he starts naming scout team guys that they felt really set themselves up well to play TCU. He said that these guys had played TCU's defense even better than TCU did in practice. And C.J. Allen was one of those guys. I mean, think about, you know, a guy that was just a few weeks removed from playing, you know, maybe a month or so removed from playing high school football and is asked to help a, a team that's vying for a national championship, helping them in bowl practice. C.J. Allen lived up to that expectation and and that challenge and from everything we've heard he's continued to do that during spring ball i I think that he's one of those guys that you can't uh do anything but get him on the field you have no excuse and um he's gonna have his work cut out for him just because how deep inside linebacker is uh and it's a credit to what glenn schumann has done recruiting that position year after year but uh, I think people are going to know who C.J. Allen is, whether it's just him getting on special teams and probably laying out a few people. Uh, he's a really talented guy, and uh, I think eventually he will get an opportunity to shine in the Georgia defense. All right, this is the question we're asking everybody who does these interviews with us. Where are we? What are we saying about Georgia when we get to the end of the season? I mean, you look at that schedule, Jordan, and you think they have a really great shot to go undefeated again and be right back in the SEC championship game and right back in the college football playoff. Is that your expectation for this Georgia team? It is, uh, just because of the talent and that schedule. And I think the biggest thing that's going to be really interesting to follow through the season, Brian, is can they afford any slip-ups? So let's say they do go 11-1, and which is still a, a very good season. And given what they just lost off of the 2022 team, I still think should be considered a successful season. But if they go 11 and 1, I mean they could very well be left out of the college football playoff just because of the competition they're playing. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a very talented team. I think the biggest question mark for me at this point uh, really comes with the pressure they're going to have on the defensive side. Can they get after guys, losing guys like we talked about with a Jalen Carter and also other playmakers like Nolan Smith? Uh, I think this is a team capable, even with knowing that whoever wins this quarterback battle is going to be a first-time starter. I think this is a team that, um, at the very least, you know, will be in the mix to be undefeated. Uh, but if uh, if they fall short of going undefeated, where does that leave this team? Because uh, their non-conference schedule is not very strong, and they've got a pretty good setup as far as their conference games. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of room for error. And uh, once we get through the season, it will be fascinating to see if they did not go undefeated, just sort of where they are in terms of the playoff. We'll see what happens over there in Athens uh, this fall. Should be another fun season for you to cover. Jordan Hill from Dogs 24-7, man. Thanks so much for the time. Absolutely. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.